Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. <laughs> This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And good Monday morning, Birds fans. Usually at this time, we're picking apart an Eagles win or an Eagles loss. Not the case this week. We've got hours yet to wait. And Johnny Mack, you've got so many hours yet left nah. to wait. Eight thirty-five kickoff tonight, somewhere thereabouts. Yeah, what man. What are you gonna do you today? Know... You're gonna go out and buy a car or something? You got all this time to kill before the Eagles play. Yeah, it's a long day, Jody. Might be 24 hours, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, 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 you know, if you're staggering a Monday night game, here's my complaint. Why not do it East Coast, West Coast? And have do you the even Eagles understand start? Because uh, that's what awful. they've done in years gone by. They, yeah. they played two Monday night games. Usually the first week of the season, why they're doing it week two, I have no idea. And yeah, they're going to be the second half of the first game. It's going to be on during the first half of the Eagles game. Yeah, it makes no sense I, whatsoever. No, it's an awful decision. Awful. <laughs> you know, obviously nobody cares that we got to be up so late. But, hey, think of it from a fan perspective. And then, Absolutely. you know, they, they got to go to work tomorrow, uh, a, a large portion. So, I mean, nobody wants to be up that late. Come on, NFL. This doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't. And somehow Johnny Mack will get over and through it and be here with me tomorrow morning, 24 hours from now here on Birds 365. And we'll find out, are we talking about an Eagle win or an Eagle loss? Eagles are a slight favorite at home against <clears throat> the Vikings or a very impressive week one handling the Green Bay Packers. That was added to last night with the Packers easily ha- handling the Bears. No one should really be surprised by that because Aaron Rodgers is well on record noting that he owns Chicago uh, and he did again last night. 
Um, but the Vikings did look good in their opening win. The Eagles look good offensively in their win in Detroit, but that also got a little bit of a boost yesterday with the Lions putting yeah, up another those Lions. Another 36 spot, 35, followed by 36. Where the hell is all this Detroit offense coming from? Yeah. Uh, and, the, and DeAndre Swift, uh, he, he he hit the over. I said take the under on DeAndre Swift, averaging 9.6 yards per carry. Actually, I said it about Dalvin Cook, take the under. Uh, who's a better player than DeAndre Stip, uh, Swift, but t- things tend to even out. Now, he only carried it, I think, five or six times yeah. yesterday. But one over 11 yards, yards of carry. <laughs> over 11 yards of carry. So maybe the Eagles aren't that bad defensively. Yeah, maybe, we'll maybe. We'll see maybe. how it plays itself out tonight. All right, so we got the Vikings and the Eagles kicking off hours from now. Um, a uh, secondary start after an earlier Monday night start. Again, we don't understand it, uh, but it is game number two. And yeah, all of a sudden, game number two gets a little bit more added importance to it because all the things that happened in the National Football League last week, in addition to the Eagles' 38-35 win in Detroit, uh, the 49ers found a way to lose in the slop in Chicago. Came back and want. Oh, I want to ask you about Jimmy G at some point. We want. Yeah, we want. Better to we'll be lucky of, than good. Better to be lucky than good. San Francisco. Uh, yeah, but the guy who they've desperately tried to replace is now they got to hang all their hopes on him. Which that's is, what I. That's what I said. It's better to be lucky than good. You yeah. know, it, injuries happen. How did Trey get hurt? By the way, I didn't see it. Did you turned see it? ankle? Uh, now I know. I know he broke his ankle, but. Was he in the pocket, out out of the pocket? Oh, I don't remember. I, I will yeah. have to look that up. Um, but San Francisco comes back and win. Green Bay loses week one. They come back and win. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have two touchdowns in two games. But you know what? Also, they have two of wins yeah, because their defense, defense looks really good. The Rams let the Falcons back into that game after it opened up a huge lead against them. But they hung on and won. So all those teams that... Oh, and uh, the Dallas Cowboys uh, had a lead, let it slip away, but then Maher kicks a 50-yarder, which, oh, by the way, John, I've looked at it like five times. Are we sure that field goal went inside the upright for the Cowboys? Boy, I thought it was no good. When I saw it, I, I thought it was no good. I When I saw it drifting, I said, oh, no, he missed it. And all of a sudden, I see the officials go up. I mean, they were right there. It was in, right. I'm they, sure it was they can inside, they but... can tell better than we can yeah. on TV. No matter how big our televisions, yeah. I yeah. deaf our televisions are. I, I'm not suggesting just they missed it, but there. it was this close yeah. to yeah. not going in. So the Cowboys won as well. So all the teams that we thought would be the Eagles' competitors for the playoff spots all found a way to win yesterday. So the Eagles are going to have to continue to earn it. They earned it despite a lame defensive effort last week against the Lions. Defense got to be better this week because the Vikings are a better offensive team. I'm sorry. Even though the Lions put up 36 points again yesterday against the Commanders, um, the, the Vikings just have more offensive talent. Why should we have faith that Jonathan Gannon's defense will be better? I don't know if they are better. I don't know if it'll just be adjustment. I don't know if the guys individually step up and perform better and tackle better than they did last week. Why should we believe the Eagle defense will be better against the Vikings this week than it was against the Lions last week? Well, I, I think it starts right there with your last point, Jody. If they if they miss 14 tackles again, I mean, they're in trouble. Uh, they're not going to look good 
if they miss 14 tackles again. So I think you get sort of a market correction there. Um, look at Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. This is a Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave and Jordan Davis game because the, the one weak spot on the Minnesota offense is the interior of their offensive line. So they got to play better. If they played like they did in Detroit, the Eagles are in trouble. I think they will play better. I think they'll correct themselves a little bit. Not Jordan. Jordan played well. Jordan's got to play a little bit more, uh, obviously. Um, so I think it starts there. Just uh, players playing better, uh, as simple as that is. I think a lot of players just play poorly in, in Detroit, to be honest. And we can talk about preparation and all that kind of stuff. You know, extended preseason, the real preseason, whatever you want to call the first couple of weeks in the regular season. So that's number one. Number two, this this Minnesota team is really bad against the run. They have been. I think it only gets worse in this new scheme they're running, which is the same scheme as the Eagles run and everybody else runs. Um, I think it only gets worse. So if I'm the top-ranked rushing team in the NFL and I got the plus one in Jalen Hurts, I'm just going to run it down their throat and force them to stop it. And I don't know if they can stop it. So, <clears throat> you know, if I'm going to do one prop bet, Eagles over 200 rushing again uh, against this team. And I think that's how they win the football game. And uh, if they do that and they find a way to win, I guess someone will find a way to complain about Jalen Hurts running the ball too much. But we'll have to see if that uh, shakes itself out that way tonight. On the, the one more defensive question. You mentioned uh, everybody now runs the Vic Fangio defense, a lot of zone. Um, do the Packers run the Fangio defense? Yep. <laughs> Right. <laughs> How'd that work out for them last week against Minnesota? Here would be my word of advice for uh, Jonathan Gannon if he's up, if he's listening to Birds 365. I would actually have someone cover, cover Justin Jefferson. He's pretty good. He can catch the ball. He can make plays. He can turn it upfield. Because watching some of the uh, game last week against the Green Bay Packers, he was just running unabated in the secondary. No one yeah. even in the same picture as him. How is Justin Jefferson arguably one of the best three wide receivers, two wide receivers, one, number one wide receiver in the NFL? How is he out in the pattern and no one's in the same zip code as him? How can that possibly well, be? Um, you know, one of the things that frustrates fans the most is busted coverages. And when you play a lot of zone uh, in – Anybody who plays uh, the Pangio style of defense plays a lot of zone. That means, you know, you saw it. You're, you're, you're probably like a proud papa with Tua coming back and throwing for all the touchdowns and yards. You see the one touchdown to Tyreek Hill, you can Tyree say the Hill. same thing. Where, where the hell what, is Where are head? they? They're playing zone, Jody, and they bust the coverage. And, and you know and, who and the best that player coverage? on the field? The guy who missed that one the most? The guy the Eagles wanted badly, Marcus Williams. He yeah. was uh, the back of that coverage, and well, he was nowhere near Tyreek. How do you not know where Tyreek Hill is on well, that Well, it looked market? like the corner dropped him in the yes. coverage. It, it looked like the corner he thought he him was... along, and the, and the safety's supposed to be there. The safety had to yeah. be on the other side of the field because he couldn't even get close to getting in the picture before yeah. Tyreek Hill caught the and ball. You never, that's the problem. You never know. Is it cover two? Is it quarters? Is it cover six? Cover eight? You don't know who's supposed – like. Did the cornerback make a mistake by dropping uh, the receiver? Did the safety make a mistake? You don't know. 
I mean, nobody knows. Nobody, nobody knows what the coverage was on the particular play. That's part of the issue. Uh, but same thing, you know, people say the fans going to say, how do you leave Tyree kill the best player on the field just by himself? That's what happens when you play zone coverage. But, you know, you go back. The reason everybody does this, you go back to early last year. This is a Patrick Mahomes rule. You know, remember when Patrick was struggling a little bit at the beginning of last season? Everybody was playing cover two on him. Everybody was forcing him to take the stuff underneath. Everybody was trying to prevent the big plays. And it took him a while to, you know, you got to be disciplined. Right. For, for veteran quarterbacks, it's not that difficult, to be honest. And it's funny because I got, I shouldn't do this, but I got, you know, I don't have an Eagles game. I need a Sunday game to cover because I get into it with fans. And, you know, I can't stand the, the, the mentality of, the scheme stinks, the scheme stinks, the scheme stinks, the scheme stinks. And they're talking about other stuff. They're talking about personnel. They're talking about teaching. They're talking about blown coverages. They're talking about stuff. You know, the scheme is great. And the scheme is super ag- aggressive when you have Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and players that can't block. Go back and watch that Chicago defense. That's where it all started and got big a head coaching job. Go back and watch that defense, and it looks tremendously aggressive. Why does it look aggressive? Because you couldn't block those two guys. Simple as that. They're playing the same coverages, but if you don't have those guys up front and you're rushing four that people can't block, you look like a dope. Here's my problem with the scheme, and I think people don't realize. I can't stand this scheme for that exact reason. For that exact reason. Well, give me, it's the same thing I say with Debo Samuel. When when we went through the offseason, I want Debo Samuel. I want Debo Samuel. No, you don't, because Kyle Shanahan isn't coming with him, and your dumb head coach isn't going to be able to take advantage of Debo Samuel. They're going to try to turn him into Tyreek Hill. So I always want the cat that everybody's copying. I don't want the copycat. And everybody's a copycat. And Jonathan Gannon, everybody, Jody Mack defends Jonathan Gannon. I'm going to look at you, Jody Mack, right now. I hate this scheme, but I hate this scheme because the Eagles don't have Khalil Mack. Right. And don't have Akeem Hicks and his prime. That's why I hate this scheme. So and- if you're smart, if you're smart enough to know this, why isn't Jonathan Gannon? Why aren't other defensive coordinators? The scheme can be great. Vic Fangio proved it can be great if you have star players in it. But if you don't have star players in it, do you just try and pound the square peg into the round well, hole? I would say no. Over and over and over again? I would say no. But, you know, everybody, you know, 12 teams is what I counted. And that could be up. It's probably more that I know that use this scheme. 12 of 32 teams in the NFL use the same damn scheme. The two teams tonight use the same damn scheme. Now, Minnesota looked great against Aaron Rodgers in week one because they have Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith. Now, they're not quite uh, uh, what Mac, oh, Mac and, and, yeah. and, and Hicks were in their prime, but they're really, really good players. Now, the Eagles have great tackles, so that's going to be probably the most interesting matchup of the night because you saw Aiden Hutchinson yesterday. Aiden Hutchinson couldn't get off a Lane Johnson block to save his life in week two, he's getting three sacks. So, you know, the Eagles are, are well-equipped to handle 
um, at least players of that ilk, and we'll see how it shakes out. Um, but, it, I mean, Hassan Reddick, look, they paid him $15 million. He's the best pass rusher they've had in a long time. But he ain't Khalil Mack. He ain't defensive player of the year Khalil Mack talent level. Uh, there's a big difference. There's a big drop-off. And they don't it, nobody knows Akeem Hicks. I don't know why, because in his prime, he was just unblockable. Now he's had a lot of injuries. He's in Tampa Bay now. He, can, yeah. he still oh, can't block way, him. Oh, by the way, fitting in quite nicely with the yeah. Buccaneers. Well, you still can't block him. The problem is he's going to get hurt. He's only going to play seven, eight games. But when he's out there, you still can't block him. Um, you know, Fletcher Cox was like that early in his career. He's not like that now. Uh, Javon Hargrave isn't like that. So, yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't, you know, I get the mentality of, and, and then you have this over-evaluation of your own talent. Like, I, I had some guys, well, the Eagles should play press coverage. First of all, I mean, if Candy and Butts were, you know, if, if, if Candy and Nuts were its and Butts type of thing, you spend all time practicing uh, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, practicing? Well, you sure? I know you were going to sure go about down, that. I know you're going to go down that route, Jody. But in all seriousness, they do one thing of the whole offseason all summer. Scrap it after week one. Come oh, okay. on, use right. some now, common now I sense. I see where you're going. Okay, yeah. yes. Use some I, common not, sense. Oh my God, we need to change our entire yeah. philosophy and our defense in one on week. a dime. Yeah, it, it, it's absurd. So, but then the other part of that is. They don't have corners. They have one corner to play press coverage consistently that can do it, and that's Darius Slay. They have one. James Bradbury's a great zone corner. That's why he's here. They play a lot of zone. Avante Maddox, he's okay. He's not a great press coverage player, um, you know, but he could he could stand up. Yeah, but, but they then, only have one great Mack, press let me, coverage. Let me, let me ask you this, if that's the case. If the Eagles are a team that you say don't have enough talent at the cornerback position to play press press coverage who does nobody practically then, then how do you express Why do you think the whole league how do you express surprise that the entire league is playing the vangio uh zone defense if there are no there, there aren't just aren't good enough corners in the league to play press well then of course everybody's gonna play zone well and, and part of it is also the rules i mean they're hamstrung from a defensive standpoint you're not allowed to touch guys illegal touch you know the more press you play then you have all these quarterbacks like if you play press coverage against Jalen Hurts, you're asking to get beat. They're just going to turn their backs on Jalen Hurts, and he's going to run up their backs for thirty yards. So a lot of these mobile quarterbacks limit what you can do from a man coverage standpoint. You almost, if you don't play a lot of zone against Jalen Hurts, you're a dope. I mean, you're an absolute dope as a defensive uh, defense. Same thing with Lamar Jackson. I mean, you have to play zone against those types of players. That factors into it. So a lot of things factor into it. But what also comes into play is when you have, and so many young corners, you saw it with Baltimore because they had some issues, you're going to have blown coverages all over the place, all over the place. And you saw it, you mentioned Jefferson with Green Bay. Um, all over the place early in the season, you're going to have blown coverage after blown coverage. You'll see it tonight. There's going to be blown coverages on both sides because both sides use zone. 
you're going to see Justin Jefferson running free and Eagles fans are going to lose their mind. You're going to see A.J. Brown running free and Vikings fans are going to lose their mind. It, it's so predictable, but it's it's where we are in the NFL. All right, so I got to ask you this, Johnny Mac, and I see our buddy, uh, Special Eddie Kratz, Game day Kratz. ready to roll. Um, if the Eagles don't have the corners to play press coverage and you hate the Vic Fangio defense that they're playing right now, what and and we readily acknowledge they couldn't change on a dime. But if you had all preseason to get ready, actual practice in preseason, novel idea. Um, if you were advising Jonathan Gannon, what kind of secondary defense would you like to see the Eagles play? Well, I would like to mix in more. I would like to be more multiple on the back end. Like they're multiple. That they that we're so multiple up front. Multiple, multiple. That's all they talk about. Four man front, five man front, thirty front. They use all these different fronts. Why can't they use different stuff on the back end? It's just quarters, cover two, you know, some cover eight. It's all you know. They could be more varied, um, but you know that's where we are. It's a bigger problem. That's where we are in the modern NFL, Jody. I, I'd like to go back to where we were 20 years ago when the defense was allowed to do more things, but I can't do that. So right. You got to play within the, the rules of 2022. Yeah. But uh, so uh, the, the answer is I'm not, I'm not the innovator. I'm not, I'm not big fans, you but what I don't want is to get, is all the guys to get in line and follow the leader. I want a guy who, who, has his own ideas and comes up with the next thing. What's the next thing? I don't know. It was once cover two. It was once cover three with Seattle. It was once Mike, Mike Zimmer with the a gaps and all that crap. And now it's a big Fangio. I want those guys. At least you have like two years of everybody trying to catch up. All right. But uh, whatever that next defense is, somebody's going to play it. Somebody's going to have success with it. And then by the following year, 14 teams. Are oh, yeah. Well, that's what I'm that's saying. Just yeah. the way, that's just the yeah, way it is. That's, and that's not new. Years, that's Joe, been going on years. in sports for 50 years that somebody had success and everyone else will follow thereafter. You're they right. Don't but do it as well. They don't have the talent as much. But that, that's a concept that hadn't changed in a half a century. But you have two years before everybody catches up. You have two years, and then, you know, at least you're ahead of the curve. The Eagles pride themselves on being ahead of the curve. We're ahead of the curve. We went outside the margins. Well, go get coaches that are ahead of the curve. Yeah, we got a legit uh, complaint there. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald. It's a game day. Yes, the Eagles have Monday night football action tonight down at the link. Johnny Mack will be down there for about a day and a half, as will his partner in crime for Sports Illustrated, Ed Kratz, who's going to join us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 
58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Mega Mac guys here with you on Birds 365. Joining us now, you can call him Special Ed, or you can call him Special, Special K. Ed. That's a show. Or you can call him what we do on a day like this, Game Day Kratz. Ed Kratz joins us here on Birds 365. You ready for some football, Mr. Kratz? You look like you're just rising and shining. Well, I am just rising and shining. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get some rest before you know yeah. tonight's marathon at you know uh, into the wee hours of the morning. Uh, these Monday night games, and I was up watching a lot of football yesterday. So, uh, yeah, I had my share of football. I do not like Monday night games. Uh, you know, you have to sit around all day and wait, and you're the last game on the docket. I know there's two games tonight, right? Yeah. One seven. Yeah. You think um, they could have staggered them, Ed? East Coast, West Coast. You think they could have given us the earlier game? Yeah. The NFL is, ugh. Well, I, I think this game is probably the most appealing on the docket, in my opinion, this Vikings-Eagles matchup. There's some good games yesterday, obviously. Um, but, you know, this Were is there? A, <laughs> well, some games that came down to the very Cooper end. Rush, I mean, baby. That Cooper Cardinals Rush. Raiders game was pretty good. And, Jets and the Browns. You're J-E-T-S, Jody. They the, the Jets got it handed to Joe them. Joe Blacko, baby. Three three letters. T-U-A. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Tua had an unbelievable game. I mean, it, was a, it was a good slate of games. I mean, you know, good good outcomes anyway. Exciting finishes. But, uh, you know, this Eagles matchup, I think these are two of the best. This Eagles-Vikings, I think it's two two of the best teams. I think in the top six teams maybe in the NFC, I think. Uh, Eagles and Vikings. Um, at least as we sit here in, you know, on middle of September. So, uh, 
you know, it'll be, it'll be a good matchup. It's just going to be a late matchup. And, you know, that's yeah, not like Monday night games. It's not a reporter alive that likes Monday night football. No, and, yeah. And even fans, I think, you know, it's a late night for fans. You know, they have to get yeah. up and work in theory in the morning. You know, <laughs> well, they, they, they like getting ready for the game. Yeah, but then you actually have to play the game and it doesn't finish till late. You got to get up the next morning and go, yeah. oh, why the hell was I so excited at five o'clock yeah, when I was yeah. sitting in the parking lot with a beer in my hand? <laughs> Five o'clock. Try ten o'clock this morning. I think. I think uh, there's some. People yeah, I was on Twitter. There were a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. there are a bunch of people already barbecuing, getting ready. So everybody's going to be liquored up. That's the environment the Vikings are coming into. Um, Detroit, the Detroit Lions. All of a sudden, hey, that law lo- that <laughs> loss, that win that everybody described as a loss, looking a little bit better. Uh, the Detroit Lions might be more explosive than we think. Uh, does that make you feel better about the Eagles' Week One performance, Ed Kratz? Uh Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't feel terrible about it as it was. I mean, you know, the Eagles just kind of ran out of gas. You know, the Lions put together some long drives in the second half. Fatigue was a factor. You know, I've told people that was probably the second loudest environment I've ever been in outside that NFC championship game when the Eagles and Vikings played here in 2017 season. Um, I mean, that 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 was so loud and that ceiling's low. And I talked to some guys in the locker room uh, this week about that environment, and they said it was just really stuffy in there. They couldn't feel a lot of air movement. It was really loud for them as well. Um, And and it was it was a grind. So I felt pretty good about it. And then they come out and smack the the commanders yesterday and agent Aiden Hutchinson goes off uh with three sacks uh Charles Harris or is that his name Charles the other guy yeah he comes out he gets a sack I mean they sacked Wentz several times so when you look at the Eagles offensive line and Jalen Hurts of course the way he was able to uh, make guys miss with his legs back there and and Jason Kelsey said it we don't win that game without Jalen Hurts and when you look at what he did against the Lions by avoiding some of that pressure and then when you know you have Jordan Milata and Lane Johnson blocking on the on the outside against those two pass rushers I mean they 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 held up really well um so yeah I think you look at that win now and it's yeah it's it's probably a little bit better in some people's eyes but I thought it was a pretty good win regardless uh, of what happened with the commanders and the Lions yesterday all right, Ed, you just uh, proclaimed that the Eagles ran out of gas in the second half, which, oh, by the way, I agree with you. I, I think yeah. they look like the more tired team in the second half of that Lions game. Um, I have my own personal belief as to why they're tired. Maybe they didn't do enough work leading up to the first game of the season. Uh, they get enough work in this week, so fatigue won't be a factor in the second half of tonight's game against the Vikings? Listen, I don't I don't think you get in football shape without doing football things. And, you know, you're I'm sure you're thinking the same as mine that they didn't do enough football things in training camp and in summer. I mean, you can run all the gassers and 100 yard sprints you want, but unless you're actually blocking and tackling and pushing and pulling and running and I mean, you're not going to get in the football shape without doing that stuff. And they just didn't do enough of it. And they probably didn't do enough of it this week. So yeah, I think there could be an element of some fatigue. Now, listen, to prevent that, it should be a cooler night, I guess. I mean, it's supposed to be pretty hot during the day, but it's a nighttime game. 
Yeah, could you, be a little you gotta bit get point. It'll be over by two in the morning, so it'll at least be somewhat cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little chilled off, uh, yes. Uh, yeah. So you know, I think the the wet the environment should be better, the you know, can, with the weather. Uh it certainly wasn't the case in Detroit. I honestly I think they probably had that air conditioner turned off or set at about 80 degrees before it kicked on. And that's you know, going back to the red hour back days in the Boston Celtics when he used to have the visitors locker rooms with cold water and no towels and all that other stuff to gain the edge. And not, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if the lions did the same thing in that game. Um, but yeah, the Eagles, I don't think they will be in any better shape, but I think if they can prevent long drives, I think the long drives that Detroit went on kind of wore them down a little bit. They were on the field a lot. They couldn't get off the field on third down. They allowed seven of eight conversions in the second <clears> half <throat> third down. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, they were tired, but, they can control that by doing a better job on third down and getting off the field. And then I think with the weather, uh, you know, probably going to be cooler in the wee hours that should help them too. I, I have an esoteric question for you. Ed. Um, <clears throat> I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I think they're going to win this game because they're the best running team in the NFL and the Vikings don't handle the run game well defensively. I think you're going to see 200-plus on the ground again. And I think you're going to see a bunch of unhappy people. Are we all turning into Jeffrey Lurie asking questions about how you win the game after you win the game? I, I think fans are all on board with running the ball, right? I mean, at least they were – you know, they're always calling for <clears throat> Nick Sirianni or whoever was the coach to run the ball more. Now you're getting that, and, you know, now people might be unhappy with it because they want to throw the ball. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you can't, can't make everybody happy, but it's a pretty bold prediction there, John, with, uh, over 200 yards rushing. I mean, cause Jalen well, they Hurts, always get over 200 yards. It's not that bold anymore. Well, I mean, it's Jalen hurts gets a lot of it. And well, that's my point. Jalen's yeah. going to get 70 to a hundred of it. So all you need is a hundred to one thirty from the backs and Jalen's presence makes things easier for the backs. 200 yards. is like, eh, it's like. It used to be this big thing, and now you're like, yeah, the Eagles got 200 yards on the ground. That makes sense. But, but the Vikings, they, they play a lot of zone, so they're not going to – those defenders aren't going to be, you know, running with their backs to Hurts and allowing him to pick up those That's big jumps. That's what I jumps. said. They're going right? to be, be kind of keeping... that. The yeah. Dumb. So... Now, the Lions did that, so you have a point. The Lions blitzed, I think, the second most in week one, uh, and they played – I believe the most man covers in the NFL in week one, which was still under 50%, but it's as, it's as high as he gets. So that that's probably will make it a little bit more difficult for Jalen, yep. but I don't think the presence, his, his ability to open up lanes for Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott. I don't, I don't think that changes. I think people are so freaked out about Jalen's ability to run the football it makes it easier for everybody else. And then on the other side, the Vikings just don't stop the run. So why are they going to stop it against the best running team? That would be my thought process. Mm. Yeah. Well, I'll, I would take the under on 200 yards rushing just because I don't think Hertz is going to have that 70-yard to a 90-yard game. And, and But if they get over 200, I think Sanders has to go over 100. I think he's got to get 100 to 120 of those yards himself. And you know, can he do that? He had a very good season debut. Um, but, you know, can he run for over 100? You know, we'll, we'll see. Um, 
they do have a, a, a defense that can be run on, but I think you have to do it with Sanders, Gainwell, and Scott. And I'm not sure Hertz is going to be that successful or as successful running the ball as he was against the Lions, just based on that zone defense, uh, you know, being able to watch him whenever he's in the pocket. All right, Ed, the Eagles gave up 35 points week one against the Lions, and the defensive effort was just not good. Uh, one of the guys who, when the game's over and done, would you look and go, wait, wait, did he even play? Uh, was Hassan Reddick the defensive and that they paid good money to to come in here and put pressure on the quarterback. He made one play in the game, and it was on a running play, a tackle for loss on the running play. Other than that, he was almost non-existent. Shame on him. Shame on Jonathan Gannon and his scheme. Credit, Give a little credit to the Lions. Uh, Johnny Mack told us leading up all week, don't look past this Lions offensive line. They're one of the better ones in the NFL. And I think they proved that to us last week. Well, the Vikings have good tackles as well. How is Hassan Reddick going to be different this week than he was last week? Well, you know, listen, you could say that about a few guys that were invisible, right? It wasn't just Hassan Reddick. Fletcher Cox really didn't do much. Brandon Graham didn't do a lot. But, yeah, Reddick was the guy they brought in here to be, you know, to increase their sack total. You know, 23 and a half of those the last two years, top five in the league over that span. But, uh, you know, I had a chance to talk to Reddick in the locker room this week for, you know, a good seven, eight minutes. And, you know, he kind of and I wrote about it, but he kind of alluded to the fact that he was pretty hyped up to play his first game uh, in an Eagles uniform. You know, the team that he grew up right across the river from in Camden watching play. He said he, he said he had a hard time settling down in that <laughs> game. And um, maybe that was part of it. You know, he didn't want to make an excuse. He's not coming out and tell it, saying that, you know, he wouldn't admit to that. But that's kind of what he alluded to, that he was pretty fired up and hyped up and maybe too hyped up and too pumped up and maybe tried to do a little bit too much uh, and ended up doing nothing. Um, now, the, the, the question is going to be, can he contain those emotions on a Monday night football game in his first home game in an Eagles uniform in front of fans and such? And I asked him, well, how do you control that? being in front of the home crowd that, you know, we'll have some fans, friends and family in it. And he said, I don't even, I'm not even taking ticket requests. I'm not doing ticket counts or anything like that. I'm going to focus on just the game. I feel more <clears throat> settled down and he feels like he'll play red, uh, be ready to play. So, you know, maybe that was part of it. Um, but to me, he looked a little slow. Maybe he was a little out of shape um, because of the summer of really not, you know, doing a whole lot. <laughs> um, but it, to me, that's kind of how he looked. He looked a little tired, a little slow. Um, and, and maybe that's because he was thinking a little too much or whatever. But I, I expect a better game from him. And let's face it, this Eagles pass rush, this to me is the key to the game, is they have to be able to put pressure on Kirk Cousins because you don't want him to sit back there. And that's what he's going to do. He's not going to move around a lot. So you know he's going to be there. But you don't want him to sit back there for four or five seconds and wait for a receiver to open because you can't cover Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, maybe not even Irv Smith, the tight end, for, you know, five, six seconds. You have to impact Cousins' time to throw the ball, and that'll make it easier for, you know, Slay and Bradbury and Kaiser White, Marcus Epps. Some of these other guys are going to be in coverage to, you know, at least stick to their guys for a half a second less than, you know, what, you know, you're not getting, you know, for less time if you're getting a pass rush. And so Reddick really has to come to play, but so does everybody on that defensive line. Yeah, you're right. You got to speed Kirk Cousins up. Yeah. I mean, he's tremendously accurate. If you give him time to set his speed, throw the football, it can get ugly pretty quickly. 
But I want to, you know, go back to Jalen Hurts and Jalen Hurts throwing the football because you are, you're right, Ed. I mean, you know, the Vikings play the same scheme as the Eagles. So all Eagles fans who hate the scheme, take a look at the other side as well. They played more zone than the Eagles. I think they were second in the NFL in week one. They were successful against maybe the best quarterback in football, Aaron Rodgers. Um, and, you know, Detroit, as we mentioned, played more man than anybody else in the NFL. So if they can't run the football as well as they did in Detroit and Jalen Hurts is forced to throw the football against those zone looks with seven, sometimes eight people in coverage, can he do it? Can he do it? I mean, that's that's when interceptions pop up. That's when you got to be accurate. We just talked about, you know, Kirk Cousins is going to be accurate. So if you give him time to throw the football, he's going to put the football where it needs to be. Do we know if Jalen Hurts can do that? Well, I mean, that's something that he struggled with in the past, right, was was playing against his own defenses. So we'll, we'll see now. Everybody's talked about his comfortability and, you know, second year in the offense, same offense, um, his offseason work to get better um, at, you know, throwing the football. Uh, so we'll find out. This will be a good test for him um, to do that. Um, I really think he needs to get the ball out quickly. And we saw him try to do that in training camp with a lot of the shorter stuff. They worked a lot of short type patterns. They didn't go deep a whole lot. And I don't think the Vikings are going to give you that deep shot very often. So they're going to have to complete some throws on a consistent basis to be able to move the football. Uh, and, and I, you know, listen, I, I, I kind of, I believe in Jalen Hurts. Let's, let's face it. I do believe, you know, he, he is a very good quarterback. And I think he will be able to make enough throws um, to keep this team kind of on pace to, with whatever the Vikings are going to score. Because I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I think the Vikings are going to put up points, and I think the Eagles are going to have to match that. So Hertz is going to have to come with his A game and be able to do that. And, you know, Devontae Smith, obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to get him going after zero catches last week um, with some quick throws, you know, some slants some out patterns, but I'd like to see Hertz test the middle of the field a little bit more too, you know, with Dallas Goddard, uh, you know, Dallas had three catches in Detroit. They were all, you know, kind of outside throws, screen throws outside, you know, that, that has to happen too for Jalen Hurts. So yeah, he's got to throw consistently against his own, prove that he can do that. And I'd like to see him throw over the middle a little bit more too. Will part of that Eagle offense tonight, and it wasn't all that prevalent in week one, be backs out of the backfield. If the Vikings are going to sit in the zone and uh, prevent them from going over the top, the same way Detroit did last week. Did, did Quez Watkins play? Oh, no, that's right. He returned kicks, but he didn't play from the line. Of, oh, he Shouldn't did, even he, be doing that, by the way. Yeah, but that's uh, another story. That's another story. Um, Miles out of the backfield, Gainwell out of the backfield. How big a part of the Eagle offense do you think that is tonight, throwing to the backs? Well, if, if if they get pressure, and I'm surprised the Eagles do it, didn't do that more last week. I mean, they didn't throw it to the backs a whole lot. I think Miles Sanders had one catch. Um, maybe Gainwell had a target or two. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think the Eagles look at it like, you know, we can pick up more yards with Jalen running the ball than we can throwing it to, you know, Sanders or Gainwell two yes. yards in the line of scrimmage. So I'm not sure they'll do that. I if they didn't do it last week in Detroit when they were blitzing and, and bringing everybody to kind of 
you know, just throw it out into the flat. They just relied on Jalen to make a play. So I, I'd be surprised if they do that as much. They they like Jalen running the ball more than they do like to throw it to the backs. Uh, I'm going to give you three names. I think the the answer is obvious, but I you know it could go in a different direction. Jalen Rager, Chandon Sullivan, huh. Jordan Hicks, ex Eagles coming back. Yeah. If if someone haunts them. Who's it going to be? Chandon Sullivan's the starting nickelback. Now Jordan Hicks is the big name. Jalen Rager on the punt return. Big revenge game. Who's it going to be, Ed Kratz? <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I think the obvious answer is Jordan Hicks, right? Because he's going to be on the field. He was on the field for you know ninety-seven percent of the Viking snaps in Week One. So you know, Hick, I, Hicks was a great player here. I, you know, a very good player in Philadelphia during his time. He got yeah. hurt a lot. He was a good guy, good guy in the locker room, easy guy to talk to, always drinking his kombucha tea or whatever that stuff was Kambuka, called. Kambuka, yeah. Kambuka. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, oh, always boy. had a, a mug full of that in the locker room. Um, but, you know, he had 14 tackles last week, which is, you know, crazy when you think about that. And he had a sack. I think he had a forced fumble maybe. Forced fumble, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he had an he's impact. always a playmaker. Couldn't stay healthy here. He leaves hey. here and he's been healthy. He led the Eagles yeah. in interceptions in 2018 with five of them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he's around the ball. Uh, so I would pick Hicks there. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised, too, if Kevin O'Connell comes in and has a little, you know, small set of plays for Jalen Rager. I think any coach should give a player who played for the team they're playing an opportunity to do something against them. So I wouldn't be surprised if he has a small batch of plays, you know, maybe throw the screen pass a little bit to him like the Eagles tried or that jet sweep. Uh, and see what he can do with it. It works so well here. I, yeah. Well, what if, what if it works in Minnesota? Well, I mean, you know. Please, please be right, Ed Kratz. Please tell me they're going to try and force feed Jalen Rager the ball. That gives well, the Eagles <laughs> a better chance to win. Please tell me, please tell me you got a crystal ball reading on this one, and that's exactly the way it's going to happen. Yeah, well, I wish I could do that, Jody. I, I don't think they're uh-huh. going to force feed him the ball. I think they might try to get him the ball, you know, a time or two to see if he can maybe, you know, catch lightning in a bottle with it. And, you know, don't forget he had a 72-yard punt return for a touchdown his rookie year against Green Bay. He also had a lot of muffs and fumbles and stuff. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. maybe if you look at Rager. Here's why I feel yeah. comfortable using the, the phrase force feed him the ball. You, me, and John McMullen all had the same number of scraps, uh, same number of snaps from the line of scrimmage that Jalen Rager did last week. Zero. They yeah. didn't put him out there for one offensive. Remember, Joe, he Only just got thing there. Only was though. special teams. Yeah. He just got there. He just got there. So they're going to have the big. I'm package, assuming the Vikings too. practice more than the Eagles this week. But Jalen Rager completely up the speed. This big week? package. Big are, are package. You, are you projecting or predicting? No. Twenty snaps, fifteen oh, snaps, no. ten snaps, five I'm, I'm snaps. Putting how, the, how many do you think is going to play on offense? We I'm had two putting, Minnesota guys last week tell us that KJ Osborne is the unquestioned number three, and oh, yeah. Reagan's going to need to he get is. beyond him. I'm uh, putting I, the over under on five, but here's where, here's where Ed uh, could you know, everybody's paying attention to Justin Jefferson. You know, you might have three people bracketing him, and all of a sudden you have Jalen Rager on the other side. They try to just let him run past the defense, maybe a deep shot. Maybe Kevin O'Connell tries something like that. But, yeah, there's not going to be volume. 
there's not going to be volume for Jalen Rager. No. But maybe he tries to get him a big play and a return to Philadelphia. He is a player's coach. Um, but, yeah, Jordan Hicks is is who I was getting at because he was such a good player here. And I think people forget the Super Bowl season, he was the leader of this defense. And he was one of the guys who got hurt um, towards Achilles, I believe it was, that year. Yep. Uh, and the Eagles were able to persevere that. But he was their best linebacker. Um, and he's been able to stay healthy since he left. And this is his first time coming back to Lincoln Financial Field. So should be interesting. Uh, and he was yeah. – uh, I think people forget him a little bit too much. He was a really good player here. Yeah. I, and Shandon Sullivan, you mentioned him. But um, but back to Hicks, though. I remember he went on his honeymoon. Uh, he got married one off season, and he fell by the pool. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That hurt, yeah. Yeah. Well, it wasn't even football. It was on his honeymoon, you know, hanging by the pool. He got hurt. So, I mean, when you look at that. We sure that wasn't a fight with a cabana boy? Or is that another Eagle linebacker? (laughs) That was uh, old Nigel. Old Nigel. Nigel took over for Jordan. Yeah, People were concerned about that. Remember, uh, people were concerned about Nigel taking over uh, the green dot. And... Uh, I believe Jim Schwartz said at the time uh, a tape recorder could do it. So. Oh. <laughs> oh, hey, but listen, don't, don't don't diss at uh, Nigel Bradham. I thought he was a huge underrated piece. Oh, yeah, he was a good player. That guy was, was tough, good. man. He yeah. was playing with, you know, all sorts of – he had an yeah. injury in his in his wrist. He wore a cast. I mean, that guy Very was tough. tough. Good, um, good, good guy, too, even though he doesn't like the boys. He used the, the cast and... as a weapon, I think, kind yeah. of like Aaron Donald swinging a helmet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On, the ca- on the cabana boy? Is that what he used on the cabana boy? Yeah. Yeah. Might, might, you might have been, Ed, as a yeah. matter of fact. You also can't take the firearms to the airport, uh, Nigel. <laughs> that's, that's uh, there were a lot of Jim Schwartz idea. great quotes uh, when, yeah. when it came to Nigel Bradham. Yeah. One of them was about uh, that that firearm to the airport. If you keep doing stupid stuff, people are going to start thinking you're stupid. That was a great Jim Schwartz quote. Uh, yeah. All right. I need a uh, guidance for both you guys here. Um, if you got your Eagle crystal ball out, how much 12 personnel do you think they'll play tonight? Johnny Mack is hoping for leaning toward a lot of running of the football again, uh, along the same lines as what they did last week, maybe even more against the Vikings. Um, does that lend itself to 12 personnel? Last week, you got nothing out of Devontae Smith, nothing out of Quez Watkins. It was the A.J. Brown show. Um, do they go more 12 personnel this week and basically tell the Vikings, yeah, we're going to run it down your throats. Now try and stop us. I, I thought they played a lot of 12 in Detroit. I mean, Jack Stoll was on the field a lot. I think he had, you know, 45 45- of the offensive snaps. He played a lot of special teams. You know, he was a big underrated part of the, you know, of the team last week, I thought just in the volume of snaps that he played, but yeah, I think they'll go 12 personnel. I think they like the way Jack stole blocks on the edge. Um, they elevated Noah Tungiai last week and sat down Grant Calcaterra. Again, I think it was more for a blocking move. You know, Calcaterra is still learning how to do that. Tungiai probably does it a little bit better. I mean, he even had a target, Tungiai, and he dropped it. So, uh, but I, I think, yeah, I think they'll play twelve personnel, and I, and you know, they don't always necessarily run out of twelve personnel either. So, um, I think they like that formation, and I, and I do think they'll use it a bit tonight. Yeah, I, you know, I think uh, they want to be an eleven personnel team, and obviously, you know, from the time Nick Sirianni 
Sirianni got here. That's what they want to do. But I think that they're a better 12 personnel team, to be honest. I think they still are. The one issue is, uh, Ed, you know, the one guy a little bit banged up this week was Jack Stoll, who was dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury. So maybe that affects things as well. Um, so that could ship things. But I, I do think Zach Pascal changes uh, things a little bit and then allows them to use more 11 because he can be a blocker, a different type of blocker, but he can do it very well as the third receiver on the field. And that's what Nick Sirianni wants to do. So, I mean, as wow. long as you're winning football games, I don't, I don't think that changes until you start to struggle a little bit. Um, Quest Watkins, though, I, I, I don't see it. What am I missing? With Quest Watkins, Ed. I think Zach Pascal's the third best receiver on this team. John, if you're not careful, he's going to start following you again with all yeah. these oh, words yeah. about Zach Pascal. Well, that's Jody's fault. I shouldn't have been blocked, Zach Pascal. <laughs> that's Jody's fault. Oh, God, blame me. I had no problems taking the blame for that one. Yeah. Well, I like Zach Pascal a lot. Uh, and he does follow me. So, uh, but, you know, no, I think he's a good receiver. I do think he's a good receiver. He had a, he had a big catch on a third down. Yeah. Uh, throw. He got behind the. Uh, it was a linebacker slot corner. I can't remember in Detroit, but yeah, I do like Pascal. Um, you know, Quez is kind of the odd man out right now. He's returning kicks, and Sirianni likes him. I think as a kick returner. Yeah, I don't um, get that either. I, I, I don't either. No evidence that yeah. that uh, he could be. A, now he'll go and uh, he'll go and return one for ninety five yards tonight. And Eagles fans can thank me, but. Yeah. I have not seen any evidence that he's a kick returners. You got to go fast and you got to hit that hole immediately. And I see yeah. too much he, dancing around with close walk. goes to the outside right yeah. away. But yeah, I, you know, listen, AJ Brown can get slots in the snap or <laughs> snaps in the <laughs> slot. You know, they, they move him into the, into the slot with motion. So, you know, that kind of takes away some of Quez's opportunities, but you mentioned Shandon Sullivan, he's your slot guy. And I think, Listen, so it's a big make advantage for that, the Eagles. Yeah. That's an advantage, Eagles. So, you know, whoever's lined up in the slot tonight could have a decent game, and maybe it will be Quez. Maybe it'll be Pascal. Maybe Brown will motion down into the slot, but maybe Devontae. And Devontae, yeah, you have to. That's an, a, a matchup you have to exploit. And then even Patrick Peterson on the outside, you know, he's not the Patrick Peterson that came into this league, you know, 10 years ago, whenever it was. Um, a little bit slower now. So that's another uh, mismatch that you're going to have to exploit. Um, and maybe that will be Devontae on the outside and maybe Brown's coming out of the slot or Quez. But, yeah, I mean, listen, Quez caught, what, 40 passes last year, something like that, over 600 yards. Yeah. Yeah. But I just – yeah, I you know, listen, the volume uh, – I just don't see that happening this year because they have – and Sirianni will tell you they have to go to Goddard, Smith, and Brown. Those are the three players that the offense runs through, and that just leaves scraps for guys like Watkins and Pascal. All right, Eddie K. I need you on the record. Uh, the best stat I saw about the Eagles this week, no great surprise, comes from our buddy Ruben Frank, who had this one. Jalen Hurts last week as far as the Eagles starting quarterback for the Third time in his career, oversaw an Eagle game in which they scored 38 points with zero touchdown passes. No hmm. other quarterback 
in the history of the National Football League. And this guy's only been the starter for one year and one game. Uh, and a couple of years before with uh, uh, Carson going by the wayside. But yeah. no other NFL quarterback ever has been part of a game in which a team scored 38 points and threw no touchdown passes, <laughs> and Jalen's done it three times. Will we see it again, Ed Kratz? Eagles how many of those... scored 38 points without a touchdown pass. How, how many of those games have they won, though, I wonder? like I think... All of them. Oh, really? Didn't they score over 30? 30... Eight against the Chiefs, maybe not. I thought they they had a lot of points against the Chiefs, but maybe not. So yes, yeah, so it was three and zero. Oh. Um, I don't, I, I don't think how you score. I'm, I know. I'm, I don't think they'll go over thirty eight. I don't. Um, not getting thirty eight tonight. And and I certainly I think Jalen Hurts needs to throw some touchdown passes. I mean, you don't want to go through week two with there. zero touchdown passes on on you know on your statistical sheet. So yeah, I think he's going to make some touchdown passes tonight and. You know, I don't think they'll score 38 points, but I think Jalen Hurts will throw, I'm going to say, two touchdowns tonight. Who's catching them? Who's getting the two touchdown passes? I think Goddard will get one, and I think Smith gets one. Oh, we got to get A.J. in the end zone. And... Mm, yeah, I think A.J.'s going to have to wait. I mean, he had his 10 catches last week, and I don't think we'll see that again this season where he has 10 catches, but maybe. Um, I, yeah, I think Smith and Goddard are the touchdown makers in the air tonight. The two others that Jalen did, it was uh, Detroit last year, so he did it against Detroit twice. Nice. And the Saints last year, which, yeah, they won all three games. Okay. Um, so it, it's just a it's weird sad. kind of stat. I'm with you. I think he'll probably throw one, even though I don't think the Eagles will get 38 points. Uh, so your final score tonight, Ed Kratz, is? Well, I have, you know, the over-under is 50, right? I have it going over. Uh, I have the Vikings winning uh, a very entertaining back-and-forth game. I have the Vikings Ooh. winning 30-27. to 27. I just think that yeah. they're making yeah. So, you know, blame Ed Kratz. I got the Eagles winning. I got the Eagles well, winning. Yeah, all right. The Eagles haven't won a week two game since 2016. Uh, yeah. That's a trend that's hard to overlook. They Even their Super Bowl season, they lost to Kansas City in week two and then ran off nine in a row. Uh, but I just think that, you know, they lost their home opener last year to the 49ers. And everybody says, oh, it's going to be a great advantage to have that crowd rooting for you. But listen, that crowd goes hot and cold. They can turn on you. Yeah, just they, can turn they, can turn. So, they can turn um, quick. Yeah. So especially you know, with Jonathan Gannon, they do not like him. Yeah. I, you know, I've been to too many games down at the link where they get booed off the field at halftime. So they have to keep that crowd in their corner. And the crowd, I will say, is a big help for the defense. You know, I think they need to make it rough for Kirk Cousins to communicate whatever the play is, whatever the blocking protections are. And I think the defensive line does feed off of the crowd noise. So it can be a benefit for the defense. But I just think this Vikings offense right now is kind of rolling. They're coming in with confidence, having beaten the Packers. And it's going to be a tough out for, uh, for the Eagles to win this game. I foresee the crowd only turning on Ed Kratz when the Eagles <laughs> find a way to win. Hopefully you get in the building, Ed, before. Oh, I'll, I'll be it. there. I'll be there. Yeah. You can certainly keep, keep a low profile. Hide behind McMullen on the food line. You'll probably <laughs> you'll probably be okay. Yeah. Any good stuff. Always a pleasure, bud. Uh, we'll get you back on again next week. Thanks for jumping in with us today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ed. Ed, game day cracks here with us on Birds 365. Did you give your official score of tonight's game yet? I don't know if you have, Brad. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have not. I think the we're saving it win. for the end of the show. I will save it away. I have the Eagles winning Ed the Kratz picking the Vikings yesterday on WIP. Glenn Macnow picking the Vikings. I'm right there. I know I'm right now. No, I'm I'm joking. Well, I'm not. I'm not guaranteeing. I'm not locking it up because you know I kind of locked it up week one against the Lions. Um, I'm not doing that this week, but I'm certainly leaning in a green direction. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald coming back. We got more to preview in tonight's game, and we got a good guest plan for our number two as well. The voice of the Philadelphia Eagles in Espanol. Ricky Ricardo scheduled to join us about 20 minutes from now here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. It's the team you trust to bring it all together. The stories that impact your community. A sports roundup for the locals. And the AccuWeather forecast you depend on. Action News at 11 with Rick Williams. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call.
got John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Your Mac and Mac Birds 365 guys here as we lead up to an Eagle Monday night affair against the Vikings down at uh, Lincoln Financial Field. Um, should be a good one. I think it's going to be a competitive game. Uh, should be fun. Should hang in the balance. John McMullen not sneaking out early because it's a blowout. No, no, no. This one could very well go down to the wire like last week's uh, game against the Lions did. Uh, Johnny Mac, two more trends heading into tonight's game. They kind of go in conflict with each other. So I'm going to ask you which you believe is more on point tonight. Kirk Cousins, nine career starts against the Philadelphia Eagles is six and three. Some with the commanders slash football team slash Redskins. Um, he won some games with Washington and has also won as the quarterback of the Vikings. Six and three lifetime against the Eagles. However, Kirk Monday Cousins, night, you give me Monday night. Kirk Cousins yeah. prime time. Not so good. Below five. Well, below. I think he's eight and six. They lied. Uh, I think he's two and nine on Monday night. Right. And he had lost his first nine. He actually won his last two Monday nights. So he's trending in the right direction there. But he's beaten two bad bear teams both the last two times he played on Monday night. He has not been a good primetime quarterback, whether it's Monday, Sunday, and or Thursday night. Which stat is more prevalent tonight? The fact that Kirk Cousins has had success against the Eagles or that Kirk Cousins seems to be a little choker? when he's under the league lights of primetime football? Yeah, it's a good question. It's kind of been a self-fulfilling prophecy. A lot of, you know, I can't talk. Early in his career, I think he was just bad on Monday nights. Recently, it's been a, you know, the Vikings offense has been really good. The defense has been really bad. You mentioned the two wins over bad Chicago teams. I remember he had a couple losses at least one loss against a good Chicago defense that was, wasn't his fault. Let's put it that way. Um, so it kind of works both ways. You know, we always put too much on the quarterback, but I do think it kind of sneaks in your back of your mind when you have a lack of success uh, and, and he hears about it constantly. Um, our buddy, Paul Dama, which I, you know, I've been talking about this since we started this show. He's, he's, he might be the toughest guy in the NFL to um, judge as a quarterback. His numbers are so good. I mean, they're they're absurd. Uh, and for a long, consistent period of time, but then you use the eye test, and I know analytics people um, hate the eye test, and he said, well, you know, he's just not that good. Uh, but Damo, uh, our buddy Paul Damowitz put up his stats package this week and check it out at jacobsports.com. He's got some, you know, cousin statistics that, you know, open your eyes. Since he, since he became a full-time starter in 2015, he has a 101 passer rating. 101 pass, even in this era, that's good. Over that time frame, plus 135 when it comes to touchdowns interception ratio plus 135 67.8 completion percentage 7.8 yards per attempt that means he gets the football down the field as well 1.2 interception percentage 
second best in the entire NFL behind only Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't throw interceptions. He's at 0.8. 0.8 to 1.2. This is the weirdest quarterback maybe in the history of football. He can kill you. And he also has never had, he's got great statistical ses- success, but he's never had great team success. Right. If you got an explanation for it, I'd like to hear it. Because here's I don't the analytic that uh, wills out over all others for me. For his entire career, he's 60 and 59. Games that he started, his team started, they've had good defenses, they've had bad defenses. He's had massive. Mostly bad. Mostly bad. That's my point. Mostly bad. Minnesota had a good defense before he got there. And when they got there, they kind of fell apart. Now they weren't. Do you think they maybe really... that's in part because they had to blatantly overpay Kirk Cousins because of those gaudy yeah, numbers part, that Paul Domwich just put out there. He gets certainly paid part of as it. if he's supposed to be that good. Uh, that's certainly uh, part of it. It's ironic that you know when the when when the Vikings made the championship game and lost to the Eagles, which obviously everybody remembers. Um, Case Keenum was the quarterback. Right. That wasn't Kirk Cousins. No. Um, and you're right. They had the great defense. They came in. They were the number one ranked defense in the NFL that year, even though they got waxed here in Philadelphia. Um, and you're right. I mean, that happens. We saw it in Seattle. Seattle was winning Super Bowl, should have won a second one. Uh, we're a yard away if Russell doesn't make the big mistake. But either or, really good team. And then when they had to pay Russell, all of a sudden the defense starts to slip. So this is what we're going to be in next year. Yeah, It's great to pay Jalen Hurts $2 million for his production. That's phenomenal. But if you got to pay him, you're already complaining about the defense, most Eagles fans. Well, imagine if you got to pay a quarterback, Kirk Cousins money. What happens then? Well, they get one more year on a less expensive deal. He'll be on the fourth year of his contract. They'll renew it. They'll spread some money around. So he's going to make more, but he's not going to be into that count 30 plus million against the cap range next year. So these next two years are going to be pretty damn important for the Eagles if they want to go back to another Super Bowl. Yeah. And then getting back to your original point with, with Kirk, I, I he's a really good and I described this. So I I've come to he's just a really good thrower of the of the football. He's a really good uh, um passer. He's a high volume thrower. If you allow him time to throw the football, he's gonna gash you. So it is very important for the Eagles to get a significant pass rush and make him not not necessarily sack him, but make him speed up, make him throw the football uh, before he wants to throw the football. Because if he gets his speed set and he can throw from the pocket, a clean pocket, he's gonna he's gonna complete passes. Do you have faith the Eagles are gonna be able to do that tonight? Do you see a much improved pass rush out of the Eagles against the Vikings? I think it'll be better than last week. I don't think they're gonna do much against the Vikings tackles. Um Brian O'Neill is, you know, Nick Sirianni said again on Saturday that Lane Johnson is the best right tackle in the world, and he thinks nobody else is particularly close. I kind of agree with that. But Brian O'Neill's in the conversation for number two. That's how good he is. Um, 
Christian Darisol is a lot like Panay Sewell. Um, very young player, but really talented. I mean, really talented. And he looks like he's going to be a star player for a long time. Inside, though, I keep talking about Garrett Bradbury, man. You got to take advantage of Garrett Bradbury. He might be the worst center, worst starting center in football. Um, he can't block. Now, he's okay as a run blocker because he's very athletic. Everybody said, hey, he's the next Jason Kelsey. And he is, from that standpoint, tremendously athletic. <clears throat> but he can't anchor anybody. I mean, I talked about Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks throws him around like a rag doll when he would play him. Um, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Jordan Davis, they got to take advantage of, of Garrett Bradbury. All right, week one, Lions did what they did against the Eagles. They ran the ball very effectively. Um, made DeAndre Swift look like a, a Pro Bowl running back. We all know the Eagles didn't tackle well. Well, they missed tackles across all three levels. Defensive tackle, linebacker, and safety. Which concerns you the most coming into tonight? If there's going to be a repeat that there isn't an upgrade and a better performance out of either the D-line, the linebackers, and or the back four, uh, which one scares you most coming into tonight's game? Because the Dalvin Cook guy could uh, yeah, absolutely reproduce yeah. what Swift did last week. He, um, yeah, he he's really good, uh, Dalvin Cook, and he can beat you multiple ways. He can he's explosive. He's much more explosive than DeAndre Swift <clears throat> when it comes to sort of home runs and things like that. But he also is a physical runner, really physical runner. So he goes between the tackles as well. Um, I, I'm concerned. I've said it on the show. I'm, and I said it last week. I'm concerned with Kaiser White and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and run support. Um, those are the two guys I'm most concerned with. So it's a combination, uh, second level, third level. Um, I don't know if those guys can hold up and run support. And I got to see it. And this is not the back those guys are going to be able to take on in the open field and bring down. Now, you're not always going to see that type of back. Um, so, but the Eagles also know, and this is where I talk about people don't pay enough attention to situations. So the Eagles know how bad they were against the run, and they know they're facing a better running back. So for a lack of a better term, they're going to overcorrect and they might have heavier boxes. They might, they might add, they might put more to support of the run than they probably should to try to corral depth. So I think it's going to look better, but I think they're going to have to give more effort to do it. So that leaves you susceptible to Jefferson and Thielen and Osborne. Probably not Riker, but um, so we'll see how it shakes out. It's sort of a give and take. I think they're going to overcorrect, overcorrect uh, when it comes to stopping the run. Well, one thing I would suggest won't be an overcorrection would be more than 22 snaps for Jordan Davis. Uh, that, that That's a suggestion, Coach Gannon, if you're listening yeah, I would get him on the field. For well, that's part of the overcorrection. I think he's going to be on the field more. I think they know they have to stop the run. I think you're going to see more uh, five-man fronts. Um, 
and we'll see. And and we'll then Slay's got to hold up, which he can. We know that. But Bradbury's got to hold up. Uh, um, Maddox has got to hold up, and more importantly, Epps and 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 CJ Gardner Johnson got to got to hold up. Can the Eagles stop the Vikings run tonight? It's going to be one of the key aspects of the game. A guy who will be calling it en Espanol on Eagles uh, Spanish Radio Network is going to join us next. The voice of the Eagles in Spanish. Ricky Ricardo up next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hits. And the hits. And the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, we are one and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say... But as I always say... It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go back. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Here on a Monday on Birds 365. That's right. Monday Night Football action down at Lincoln Financial Field. Vikings, Eagles. 
We're now about uh, too many hours away. 16 uh, hours away, I think, Jim. Still, that's way 116 too much. hours away. It seems like uh, too much. Well, one guy who will be in the house with John McMullen, but in the broadcast booth for the Eagles Spanish-speaking broadcast, the voice of the Eagles in Espanol, Ricky Ricardo, joins us. Ricardo, please tell us how you say, what can Brown do for you in Spanish? What can Brown do for you? Yes, AJ, I expect you to use this tonight when he gets his first ah, Eagle touchdown pass. Okay, Casey, ¿qué, qué puede ser Brown por ti? Oh, por ti. Oh, and then he'll get served with the litigation from UPS. From, uh, <laughs> trademark. Good morning, oh, hey. All, all, all news is good news, right? All publicity <laughs> is good publicity. You, you might get a, uh, a deal out of it, as a matter of yeah, fact. Yeah, sure. Sneak it in there tonight. Letter, but one of the two is okay. <laughs> Ricky, good to see you, buddy. Good morning, uh, boys. Good morning. A little bit too early. Can, can work, somebody tell me, first of all, can somebody explain to me why there are two games ah. at the same time tonight? They staggered it, but here's my issue, Ricky. Why not have an East Coast game and a West Coast game exactly. if they're going to stagger it? Yes. And obviously that would give the people of Philadelphia a little bit earlier of a start time. They could finish up their revelry a little bit earlier, get the work a little bit easier the next day. It's a bad job by the NFL. I think that's I, fair to say. I agree. I agree. I would have loved to have had the, the 7 o'clock <laughs> slot with Vikings and Eagles, and maybe put that Arizona Raider. Yeah. That could yeah. have been your 10 o'clock start, and, you know, everybody I like would have been it. Ricky Ricardo's schedule maker, better than the NFL <laughs> schedule maker. I'll Where's Miguel when you yeah. need him? I'm right here. Yeah. All right, Ricky, last week the Eagles ran the ball very effectively. Yeah. Kind of like they did last year. <laughs> When they, in midstream, changed tactics and became a running team and ran their way into the playoffs. Correct. They did it again last week. And they had to do it again last week. And I, I praise Jalen Hurts for doing just that last week and running the Eagles to a victory. Same thing in front of the hometown crown tonight. Will the coaching, offensive coaching staff come in and say, well, once again, the thing we do best, other than throw it at A.J. Brown, is run the football how run heavy will they be tonight? They've got to be at least a, a good 70 30. I'm, I'm going to that extreme. Whoa. Whoa. Right. The, Whoa. Pass, the pass protection, all right, give you 65 35. The pass protection was not what it was supposed to be. My fear, guys, and I think we've discussed this at, at nauseum all week on different shows and, you know, in barbershops and everywhere else, Eagle football gets talked about is how long is Jalen Hurts going to last physically putting himself out there like that with his own runs? I, I think when you've got Sanders, who is relatively healthy, I don't know if Miles Sanders is ever really fully healthy, but when you've got Gainwell and, you know, you, you've got your, your share of guys that can carry the load, uh, that offensive line is built for run blocking. They're not as good, or at least they weren't last week, in pass protection as they were, and they have been in run-blocking situations, do what you do best, kill time off that clock, and protect Jalen Hurts because as much as he ran last week, taking that kind of risk, he's never going to get through 17 games healthy, and you're going to see plenty of Gardner Minshew. So 
I, I think it's basic ABC football. That line is better as a run-blocking unit. They've got healthy backs at this time of the season. Guy haven't, guys haven't been banged up yet. Use them. Run the football. Kill the clock. And let's win maybe a, a 21-17 game as opposed to a 30, All right. 31 game. Now, what do you say to people, Ricky, that say, well, you're paying – a hundred million dollars to AJ Brown. You better get him the football. You better. You didn't get Devonte Smith the football. He's a potential superstar in this league. You got to get him the football. Nick Sirianni's a offensive mind. He was supposed to be brought in to play eleven personnel and throw the football. You have all these outside voices, and let's be honest, they start at the top of the Novacare complex with Jeffrey Lurie. He wants this high-octane passing offense. Are they happy if you just run the football and you play that way and you get out of uh, Lincoln Financial Field with a grinded-out, ugly win? I think if you win football games, I know, you know, do style points matter here? I think coming away with wins <laughs> will make people happy. Now, if during the course of the game – you know, they're, they're not thrilled by highlight plays and, you know, and there's not a lot of a, of an aerial show. Well, so be it. Do you, is, is the objective to win, as Herm Edwards said, is do we play to win the game or are we here to entertain? So, I look, the Eagles do certain things better than other teams. And one of those things, as we have seen from that point last season where they decided to go ahead and run the football, is chew up the clock run the football. They are effective that way. At the same time, if it's not their quarterback that is running the football, they're keeping him relatively healthy. And let's face it, until they show me that they can pass block and give him enough time to hit his targets. And look, he's going to hit Brown enough anyway tonight. Uh, But is he going to have time to spread it around with Devontae and go to Goddard and maybe, you know, get Quez Watkins down the field on a, you know, on a go route? I don't know. But all I know is they do one thing really, really well, and that's run the football. If that's the formula for a win, and especially now that the Giants are 2-0, and the Cowboys, of all people, come up with a win against the AFC champions yesterday, and they're 1-1, and you've got a battle in this division. So the key is to win the game, and if they're going to do it ugly, so be it. Real quick, Ricky, I have never been less impressed by a 2-0 and team in my life. I'm not worried about the New York Giants at all. Is anybody worried about the New York Giants? Jody, are you worried about the New York Giants? No, I I will say this. They're playing more inspired football. They've got a little bit more of an edge to them, I think, Brian Dable. Oh, I think he's much better coach. I think he's the the new general manager. Already in the right direction. They've had since Tom Coughlin after two games. They're trending in the right direction. Do I have fear that they're going to run neck and neck with the Eagles all year in the division? No. At some point, uh, the Giants will level well, I'll off. Well, I tell you what, though, they're going to go four and zero before they lose to Green Bay in London. They're going to win their next two games with Dallas coming in there on a Monday night. It's going to be Bedlam at the in the Meadowlands, and then they've got the Bears after that. Now, That's a good point. That's a good Am I point. fearing the Giants? I mean, I'm not fearing the Giants, but they're going to start four and zero, and then they're going to go to London and probably lose to to Aaron Rodgers and you know and the Packers over there, or you know in Europe. But still, those are wins that are piling up early. So you know, do I think they're a threat to the Eagles if they get ahead of the Eagles? You never know. 
Giants will lose one of their next two games. Write it down. Even Cooper Rush, baby. Cooper even Rush. though they'll they'll probably be favored in both, I'll predict that they'll lose one of those two. All right. Which one? Which, which one? I, they could lose either game. They could lose both. They could be two and two. But they're, both, they're all at home. They're all in the middle. They're going to beat the Bears. The Bears are terrible. The Bears are terrible. That they're Bears are awful. terrible. You know? I feel sorry for Justin Fields. They're terrible. I do yeah. too. That offensive line is a sieve. Yeah. Not good. Uh, you're right. It, probably if they lose, more likely to lose one will be next week against the Cowboys. And Cooper Rush didn't impress me. Well, impressed me to a point because he did drive him down the last possession yeah. to get the field goal All he does that he needed. That drive my heart just snuck in inside the uh, upright. Uh, Ricky, I need your prediction. Johnny Mack, I, I always ask you this every single week, but I want to get it from Ricky first. All right. Because I'm torn. I'm going to pick the Eagles. They may or may not cover. It's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be close. But I don't know what to predict, although I should. Whether if the Eagles win the toss, will the coach defer? <laughs> I, I, I oftentimes complain that, come on, put your defense, uh, put your offense out there. I don't know if I want them to put their offense out there. Ricky Ricardo tells me they're going to be able to run it down their throats, He's and they will do it. it again tonight. So maybe I'm rooting for that. If the Eagles win the toss, will they defer or will they take the ball? Yes, they will defer, and they will want the football coming out of halftime. Yeah. Right. Does the analytics right. say so? You buying into this crap too, Ricardo? I, look, it, it, it's the way that they operate. It's the chic in thing to do, I yeah. guess, in the coaching ranks in the National yes. Football League. Is to put and John's defense. got less of a problem with this. He and, hates the fact that everybody plays the Fangio defense, but he's okay with the fact that everybody defers in the National Football yeah. League. And Why not this. be the team? But be the creative team. Be the outside-the-box team. And remember this, Jody. When they kick off tonight, when they, they flip the coin, half the country's still going to be watching Tennessee and Buffalo. So, yeah, for entertainment's sake, go ahead and put the defense out on the field. Half the country's still watching the other yeah. football game. When That's they it. when the second half begins and Tennessee and Buffalo is over, well, we, uh, we'll start the second half with our dynamic oh, offense okay. on the All field. Right. Now, now, I have to defend myself, Jody. Go ahead. You can try. It, it, it. it I don't always advocate deferring, but most of the time. But I think you have to be self-aware as a coach. If you know the opposition has a better offense, a more explosive offense, then I want the football. I want to try to drain clock from minute one. I want to try to go on a 13-play, 75-yard drive and shorten the game. That, you know, Tampa Bay in the playoffs last year. I win that toss, I'm taking the football. I'm trying to keep it away from Tom Brady as much as possible. Now, a normal game, as Ricky says, you want to sandwich the first half and the second half with scores. And if you do that, you usually win the football game. The Eagles did that last week in Detroit. They did win. It shouldn't have been as difficult. But you usually win the football game. So I do think there is a little bit of a door open if you're playing an explosive team now, is Minnesota that explosive? I don't know. Maybe you were they singing Kirk Cousins praises pretty good earlier in the show, Johnny. Yeah, Mack. but remember, this is a new team. Like if it was a Mike Zimmer team, no, defer. I'm, they're going to try to play. They're not going to try to play to their strengths. Now, I want to see team, Rager. I want to see Rager yeah. waiting for that opening kickoff at the height. 
of the energy vibe inside Lincoln Financial yeah, Field. Good, and good point, Ricky. I, I had not thought of that. Could Jalen cough ball. it up on the opening no. kickoff? That no. would be, oh will my God. drop the opening kickoff and will fumble into the Eagles. Well, I'm, well, I'm going to ruin both of your days. He doesn't he's return. Not, he's not returning no, kicks. he doesn't return kicks. They have a very uh, good. They have a very good kick returner. Uh, Wangu from Iowa State. I don't. I I think that's how you pronounce it. He had two touchdowns on kickoff returns last year, so that might that might scale you away from kicking the football. So off then, w- would you put Aaron Sipas out there and just go? We're going to free kick it. Yeah, from the from the thirty five yard line. They would still probably put Wangu out there. So you're yeah. probably uh, <laughs> now on punts. You 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 you're you're going to have a chance to see Jalen Rager. So. Maybe he can make a mistake in that aspect of it. But that's interesting, Ricky, because there's three. Jordan Hicks is coming back, uh, who was a great linebacker for this team. Uh, Chandon Sullivan's coming back as their starting nickel corner. He was here for a while. And Jalen Rager. Um, they're not concerned with Jalen Rager, concerned with Jordan Hicks. Guy's a playmaker. Sacked Brett Barb last week, forced a fumble last week. I, I loved Hicks when he was here. I, you know, I, uh, the Eagle linebacking core has not been. I, look, let's be honest. They Eagles haven't had a linebacker like Jordan. Not been the same left. since he left. Yeah. So yeah. I, I agree with you there. But yeah. put Kirk Cousins, put Kirk Cousins out on the field, hit him for Pete's sake. Get that vaunted, high-paid defensive line right out of the gate. And that's the one unit tonight that I want to see take a, a a quantum leap forward here is the Eagle defensive line tonight. Put Cousins out on the field. Sack Cousins in that first sequence on that first drive. Get the energy going for the defense inside the building and set the tone that the Vikings are not just going to come in here and have their way on offense against this Birds defense. And I'm dead serious. Go ahead and win the toss, defer, you know, hit, smack Cousins in the mouth a couple times, and then let's run the football a little bit. No, I, this will be unpopular with Eagle Nation, but <laughs> sorry. Um, you mentioned the wanted defensive line, highly paid defensive line, Hassan Reddick, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, and Brandon Graham. And we all know Brandon is one of the most popular Eagle players, great guy, great motivational leader, uh, strip sack, Tom Brady, Super Bowl, all those things. He didn't do diddly last week either. And Johnny Mack and others who are there practice every single day have told me all preach. Ooh, he looks good. He looks spry. Doesn't look like he's coming back off a year injury. Looks like he's actually ready to jump in and play. He hid, he hid pretty well, like the rest of the Eagle defensive line last week. Be uh, BG under a little bit of a microscope tonight for you, Ricky. I agree. And so is Fletcher Cox. I mean, it, it, Fletcher Cox last week had the one play, the, the the sack where he does the whole, you know, the crawl thing on the field. And then the we, next thing I know. With Joe, by the way, the quarterback dropped snap, the ball ahead yeah. of time. Bad he wouldn't snap. have had the sack if the quarterback caught the, just grabbed the snap. That means going into the blue tent, coming off the field after doing the whole army crawl on the field. So I, I couldn't figure that one out. No, look, these two guys uh, could be, these could be their last seasons. In the National Football League, we know that uh, they didn't do it last week. Hopefully, the the home opener energy tonight will be enough to light their fire 
uh, and get them rolling tonight because they will be needed. This is a, a Viking team that is explosive. We saw we have look. You can talk about Kirk Cousins all you want. He occasionally will give you a, a tremendous game, and we have seen him have good games against the Eagles in the past, both in the Washington uniform and in the Viking. Now, it, I think if you put your hands on him early in the game, he's one of those quarterbacks. He's human, after all, that you know that you put something into his mind that he's going to be under pressure tonight. He's a different guy. But those are two key people right there in BG. And Fletcher Cox that are veterans that, yeah, we all love them in Philadelphia. You know, you got one more year left? Fine. Go out there, do your job, put some pressure on that quarterback tonight. We're going to need it early in the game. All right, Ricky, you're taking phone calls all the time on WIP. Jody's taking phone calls on on WIP as well. You know this fan base. You know what they want. You just talked about it. Pressure, 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 aggression, sacks, sacks, sacks. They're not blitzing a lot. So um, what can they do other than Hassan Reddick playing better, Brandon Graham playing better, as you mentioned. Fletcher Cox playing better. Javon Hargrave playing better. Is it just as simple as they have to play better? Well, it's not only that, but I think that with with the talent that they've got behind them at linebacker in the secondary this year as compared to what we've seen the last couple of seasons, I think they can afford to take some more risks and have a few more blitzes. Yes, Reddick needs to be the guy that, that he's supposed to be. Uh, everything you just said is correct, but I, I just don't – I watched Wink Martindale's defense yesterday, last night as I watched the Giant game. That's more Jim Johnson than what the Eagles are doing. I, I, I'm not a read-and-react guy. I hope Gannon's a little bit more aggressive tonight in his, uh, in his, play, um, in his play calling on the defensive side. I think you can afford to blitz more because I think you've got better talent back there, you know, in case that ball does get thrown or, you know, or or the offense does function. So um, not only do people have to step it up for the back of their own baseball or football card in this instance, but I think Gannon needs to be much more aggressive, play a Philadelphia-style, quote-unquote, Philadelphia-style defense, more pressure. Look, don't do things that are going to risk or leave things open and down the field unnecessarily. But I think he can afford to take a few more risks. I thought he was very, very vanilla. Look, against the Lions, when they did blitz, John, you were there. After the opening drive, when they put some pressure on Goff, it kind of shut him down for the for the rest of the first half. So there was a big difference between the, the play calling on defense on the first drive when DeAndre Swift is running right through everybody like Swiss cheese as compared to the rest of that first half. And then I thought they kind of sat back on their laurels a bit, as the Ravens did yesterday, to give you an example. Last week, don't do that, okay? Stay aggressive. I think Gannon needs to be more aggressive. He can call a few more blitzes, some run blitzes too, please, against a guy like Dalvin Cook, all right? And, and, And make those kind of moves. I think you can do that tonight, and I think that'll help you win this football game. Ricky, there are some things that I try and be ahead of the curve on and think outside the box on. And there are some things that I'm just dug in, heels in the ground, old school about. 
And I got a bit of an issue with the Eagles and how they prepped for this season, same as last season, maybe even more so. Even this week, guys who aren't injured, guys who, okay, have been around for a while but aren't 40, like Tom Brady, are not practicing because of rest. No injuries, just rest. Josh Sweat isn't all that old, but he had some injury problems when he was in college, but we need to give him downtime and give him rest. Uh, it's just not my way of doing that. I'm, I'm going to keep on top of this, and I'm going to evaluate the Eagles and where they're at. Week one, the defense looked like they weren't ready to play for me. Are you old school? Are you new school? Are the Eagles no, 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 smarter no. than us? Or are the Eagles outsmarting themselves? I am the as old school as you are, Jody. I am Don Shula with a grin two a day. <laughs> watching my guys, you know, watching my guys almost faint. All right. Well, maybe not to that extreme, but you know what I mean? No, no, no. I am not a proponent of this analytic driven, and this is medical analytics driven approach to getting a football team ready for a season and for a specific football game. Oh, it's beautiful that the injury list says nothing. All right, that's great. There's nobody that's out tonight. Now, if that's the goal, and obviously they've had so many injury issues the past few seasons that they've gone out of their way to put a lot of emphasis on how can we keep guys healthy that's one thing. But at the same time, if you have healthy guys that are not ready to play, then the game suffers right then and there. It's a thin line. I would lean more on your end, Jody. I think, you know, some more activity. I would have trained a little bit harder as far as training camp and preseason is concerned. That's, you know, that's water under the bridge. We can do nothing about that now. Uh, but I think a little bit more intense preparation uh, would not hurt this team one bit. You know, is that preparation the reason, you know, you talked about last week, Ricky, and the Eagles had that game well in hand, um, and they let Detroit back in the game. Now, they you saw it. Gassed. Yeah. Gassed. Yeah. Now, you saw You mentioned Baltimore. There was Las Vegas yesterday, a couple other games. Jeez, uh, Jets, Jody's J-E-T-S Jets. Yeah. Um, you had all these comebacks all over mine, the NFL. Mine too. mine, too, by the way. Yeah. He's a dead um, guy, too. I don't want to get you both in trouble. So That's I all right, hey. I, the I, Jets and Eagles Jody, are rivals. Yeah, Jody, Jody's already in trouble. They're I didn't both want to get Eagles, Eagles own the Jets when they and play I won't anyway. Talk, so I, won't talk, right. I won't talk Those about baseball because I'll get Ricky in there. Yeah. Green teams that fly. That's exactly. all. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to bring up baseball either. Uh, but so many teams are losing these big leads and, and they look like they have everything uh, in, in, in order, everything very comfortable, foot off the gas, whatever you want to call it. Is it foot off the gas? Is it coaching mistakes or is it preparation? Lack I think preparation. it's a combination of both. I really do. You look at that Raven team yesterday, they were gassed. They, they, these <laughs> guys were not physically ready the Dolphins receivers were running by them like they were statues late in that football game. These guys were hunched over the uh, the Raven defense after, for Pete's sake, a hundred Duvernay, hundred and three yard kickoff return to start the game. By the time they got to the fourth quarter, the the Raven defense was gassed. 
half of that is 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 the way they prepared all the way from training camp, and then again, lack of aggressiveness on the defense. I don't know who the new uh, who is the uh, new defensive coordinator because Martindale now is with the Giants. Yeah, Wink, uh, Wink. I have to look that up. That's a good. Uh, it's a good. Whoever's question. running yeah, the defense in Baltimore is just as guilty of what Gannon was guilty of last week. You know, taking the foot off the gas, read and react. We've got a lead. And sometimes you roll that dice and it comes up, you know, the wrong way. So, uh, I look, I'm a proponent of, of constant pressure. If, if guys need the oxygen mask, you know, late in the game, so be it. Put it on them. They've got a whole week to rest. But we've seen example after example, especially yesterday, of teams with big leads. And that defense eases up a little bit. It happened to the Browns. It happened to the Raiders. It happened to the Ravens, and it almost happened to the Eagles last Sunday. Yeah, Ravens, the great Steve. Mike McDonald, by the way, the great Mike Which, McDonald. By the way, Ravens. no relation. He spells it with an A, yes. so there is no relation. I'm not taking any of the blame for yesterday's Ravens collapse. Put that on a different McDonald. All right, Ricky, what kind of a factor is the crowd tonight? Huge. How big a hand in the game do they have? Johnny Mac told me you couldn't even hear yourself thinking Detroit last week, and he thinks that help the Lions kind of stay in the game. Usually it affects the other team's offense more, and the Eagles put up 38 points. I don't know how much the home field, the, the crowd noise level actually did play in that game. But assuming it does, how big a factor is the Eagle crowd tonight? Look, that, that place is going to be wild tonight. It, the weather is fantastic. It's comfortable. People are going to be uh, uh, gassed up, fueled up <clears throat> a little bit. <laughs> Okay. Yes, they are. They're already the, there, Ricky. From the tailgating in the parking lot. Uh, look, I, I think this is a game where you need to establish dominance early, and that might be enough in the in the mental aspect of the chess game to carry you through 60 minutes of action on the field. So I do think Eagles Nation right now is highly anticipating this matchup. Philadelphia loves to be in the spotlight whether it's negative or positive, we just, you know, as Jody, as you said, good, all publicity is good publicity. And it's on ABC. It's not even the ESPN half of this doubleheader tonight. It's national TV over the air, 8.30. It's the late. It's got every element that Philadelphia and this fan base loves. An undefeated Eagle team with high expectations against the same team that they beat in the NFC Championship game just a few years ago to go to the Super Bowl. So the visual is still there of success against the Viking horn helmet. I think the crowd is going to be beyond off the charts tonight, and I think it'll help much more. I think it'll pump up the defense. I think the offense and Hurts are, are very business-like. They'll go about their business in a, in a, in a certain way. But if there's anyone that needs a little charge tonight, a little, you know, red-hot branding iron, it's the defense, and I think that crowd may provide a little bit of impetus uh, to get that defense fired up tonight. Well, I'm going to blame Ed Kratz for this one, and I'm going to – our buddy Ed, and I'm going to steal something from Jody, the hypothetical, Ricky. Right. So I'm going to talk about the crowd. Um, they defer – so the Eagles win the coin toss. They defer, so they get Jody Mack upset from that perspective. They kick off. The Vikings go down the field, 7-0, uh, three and out. 
They get the football back. They score again. It's 14 nothing. Does that crowd turn on Jonathan Gannon? Does yes. it become a, a worse situation for the Eagles? Well, that's the risk you run. Yes. I, 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 if that scenario plays out the way you just said, John, then I can hear the they could be boo-birds before halftime because I, I think we're on that brink right now where this crowd wants to see if, if Cousins gets hit, let's say, I don't know, Reddick sacks him on that first drive, this place is going to go bananas. But if Cousins starts, you know, with a screen pass to Cook to the left, hits Jefferson down the field, maybe hits the tight end on a third down, and they go right down the field, this place could go an extreme from one end to the other, do a complete 180 as far as the energy is concerned very, very quickly. That is that is the one risk you take, uh, especially with a, with a, uh, a situation like you've got tonight where there's going to be a lot of emotion in the seats. All right, so Johnny Mac goes completely pessimistic, glass <laughs> half empty with his hypothetical, but it is just a hypothetical. I get that. Now we got to actually get on the record. Ricky Ricardo. Yes, sir. After 60 minutes of football tonight, the possibilities exist on both sides, up and down, good and bad. What does your crystal ball say when the game is over and done with? Are the Eagles, are the screaming Eagle fans heading out to the parking lot with the E-A-G-L-E-S, or are they cursing Jonathan Gannon or uh, James Steichen because Jalen Hurts ran and got hurt? Which way is it going? We talking a W or an L for the Eagles against the Vikings tonight? My bold prediction for tonight is that the smallest guy on the field will make the biggest difference, and that would be one Jake Elliott. With I thought you were going Britton Covey on me. Well, <laughs> Jake Elliott will kick the winning field goal. The Eagles will win this game 27-24. to 27-24, right, like so slightly on the over because the over-under is uh, 50, so you got to just over, but the Eagles yeah. winning and covering. Ricky, always a pleasure, buddy. Have a great call tonight. How do you say, what can Brown do for you again? Que puede ser Brown por usted? <laughs> he may just sneak it in there tonight. Ricky, oh, always I'm a pleasure, buddy. Thanks so much. Now I'm going to use it. If yes, I get you are. I knew you would. If I get a cease and desist letter, I'm sending it to the McDonald residence. <laughs> uh, oh, whatever the fine is, I'll pay half. You got a deal. That is Ricky Ricardo, the voice of the Eagles and Espanol here with us on Birds 365. All right, Mac and Mac. Uh, how do you say Spanish? Mac and Mac in Spanish? Mac and Mac. Mac and yeah. Mac. Yeah. Coming back here on Birds 365 for predictions from both McMullen and McDonald. Stay tuned. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. Philadelphia fans were cut from a different cloth. Born into a brotherhood and bonded to our team for life. We believe anything is possible because we've witnessed the impossible. While we may be from different neighborhoods, come Sunday, 
We are one, and we will be heard. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. It's the number one news at 10 p.m. Action news on PHL 17. Join Shari Williams, Gray Hall, Deuces Rogers, and meteorologist Adam Joseph for all the big stories at a time that's right for you. Action news at 10 p.m. on PHL 17. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Welcome to Pond Lee Hockey. We've helped over 100,000 injured and disabled workers obtain benefits, as well as some of the biggest settlements in the state. If you've been injured at work, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. Your Mag guys, McMullen and McDonald, putting a bow on the show here on Birds 365, a game day Monday. That's right, Monday night football, not starting till 8.30. If you're going down to the game, enjoy yourself, drink responsibly, um, and feel free to tune in on the early game before we ever get to the Eagles. We'll be back here tomorrow to talk about an Eagle victory or a loss. Ed Kratz, previously here on the show, said he thought the Vikings were actually going to win. Ricky Ricardo just said a late late Jake Elliott field goal lifts the Eagles to a three-point victory, 27-24. Johnny Mac, you have the honors. Well, Eagles... Ricky stole my thunder. Really? So number one, he did. Uh, I had the Eagles winning a close game. Late on the Jake Elliott field goal, 24-23 is my score. And I think Jalen Hurts makes the big play late to get them in field goal position, probably off schedule, probably running the football. And we're going to be back here tomorrow morning. I'm going to be tired, Jody, but I'm going to be back here tomorrow morning. And we're going to be talking again about the Eagles winning because of Jalen Hurts, not despite Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen will be fine again tonight. I don't think he'll rush for as many yards as he did last week, but he's going to make a couple plays with his legs tonight. Bank on it. It's happening. And if you're going to complain about it, then shame on you. Um, no, here's where I'll differ from both you and Ricky and Ed, as a matter of fact. 
I think it will be one defensively late. They were pitiful last week defensively. They're just awful. They can't be as bad as they were last week. I think Kirk Cousins will actually have the ball with a chance to drive it late. They're going to need a touchdown rather than just a field goal. So that puts a little extra pressure on them. They got to throw a little bit more. And the Eagles defense comes up with a stop on fourth down and they run out the clock. So my final score is going to be 24-20. I think it's going to be an under. It's a 50-point over-under. I got I the under as well, 24-23. Yeah, yeah you're, you're slightly under. I'm a little bit more under, but we're both going under. We both have the Eagles winning, which will make for a good show tomorrow, which, by the way, I mentioned this last week here on Birds 365, in case you weren't tuned in that day. And, oh, by the way, thanks to everybody who listened. We were up in the 400 and change number all show long. Like, share, subscribe. Do your boys, Jordy Mac, Johnny Mac, a little bit of a favor and go ahead and like the show before you get out of Dodge today. Tomorrow will be our 365th. Yeah, how about that? 365. Who said we wouldn't last, Jody? 365, baby. We've, we've done a couple of these uh, when I haven't overslept. Um, but uh, stupid alarm. Uh, I plan on being up. The question is more, will Johnny Mack be up? Yeah, Jody we'll Mack see. Be up? This might be the be first time the you got to 2 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I'm going to be in bed by 1230. Bank 2 o'clock. I'm, I'm not on WIP tonight because I got to do all the Eagles stuff. So I will be in bed half an hour after the Eagles salt away their victory tonight. Johnny Mack is going to get home too late. So we'll be here at 8 o'clock tomorrow see if he oversleeps like I do from time to time. Yeah. Um, should be a good show. We're going to have Chris Franklin on, our buddy from NJ.com, a little bit later, review the game. And Joe Santa Liquido, uh, who writes for everybody under the planet. Including Jacob Sports. Including Jacob Sports. And uh, is a good dude and a good guy and a good guest. If his microphone works, we're going to check in with him early and make sure his mic is all uh-huh. hooked up. But he was on our first Birds 365, uh, 364 shows ago. So we're bringing him back. We had Kratz on today. Our first show was Santa Liquido and Kratz. So we we had we had uh, Easy Ed on for number 364. 365 tomorrow, Santa Liquido, Franklin, John McMullen, and Jody McDonald. We will back, be back here tomorrow, hopefully talking about an eagle win in 2-2. Two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.